Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What if you knew you were enough? What would your life look like? What would love look like? This is the Enough Factor Broadcast, where we're redefining what makes you enough in life and in love. Now here's your host, Suzette Birna. Hello everybody, welcome to my Enough Factor Podcast. It's your life coach and relationship solutionist, Suzette Birnon, and special cyber hugs to my enough warriors out there. Those of you who follow me from week to week, you are the wind beneath my wings, and I appreciate you so much. But if you're new to the podcast, our mission is to help you to redefine what makes you enough in life and in love on your own terms. How do we do it? By amplifying three critical factors of enoughness, your voice, your value, and your vision, so that you can truly thrive. And so with every podcast episode, we go underneath the skin down deep to where the truth resides. And here to help me today is none other than Dr. PBJ herself, Dr. Patrice Buckner Jackson. Today, we're going to talk about the Achilles heel of high achievers. Do you know what it is? It begins with a B. Burnout. Yes, burnout. Something I've experienced multiple times in my life. And so has Dr. Patrice. And so we've decided to come together to talk about it and give you some insights we've gained so you can stop the perpetual suffering that ultimately stops you dead in your tracks, usually at the worst time. So a little bit about Dr. Patrice. Dr. Patrice is an educator of over 20 years, wife to the most amazing husband, Edward, and mama Patrice to baby girl. She believes in family and actively adopts more family members on a daily basis. Even you, (laughs) yes, you, you are family now. Dr. Jackson believes in laughing every day sometimes all day long, and much of her life is run by a sassy little Yorkie named Bella. Dr. Jackson founded Educare Training and Consulting, LLC, 
out of a passion for equipping and supporting heart workers, those who do their work with their whole heart. Working in this way can carry a high price tag. Your mind, your body, and your relationships may be in distress as you serve the needs of others. She helps bring about alignment to your work, life, and heart. So you will be empowered to do the work you love without losing the life you desire. I like to call her Dr. Patrice. She might be called Dr. Jackson, but I'm going to call Dr. Patrice. And Dr. Patrice, I am so glad to have you join me. So I extend to you a hearty enough Dr. Podcast welcome. Oh, Suzette, it is my honor to be here with you today and speak with your community. I'm just, I'm excited. I'm excited. Anytime I get to be in your presence, I know it's going to be a powerful time. So I've been hyped about this all week, all week long. I have too. I have been so excited. Now, the way I always like to start the podcast is by asking what I call a truth and dare question. Okay. All right. Okay. It's not like the typical truth or dare game. So that's the good news. But the bad news is you don't get a choice of which question you'll answer. Okay. All right. I'm ready. I'm ready. (laughs) So if you're ready, here we go. What is the truth that your burnout revealed about you and dared you to take radical action? Mm. Sister, my burnout revealed to me that everybody in the world didn't need me. All the people that I convinced myself that I was burning that candle at all the ends because they needed me, I discovered it was more about my need to be needed. When I hit rock bottom and God set me aside for five months, people had the nerve to keep living and they were okay. The world didn't shut down then. The job didn't stop. People kept breathing. They kept going about their lives. They were okay. And I was set aside. So I learned that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And anytime I'm carrying a weight that is too much for me, I took it on myself. It was not people needing me. It was my need to be needed. Mm. I'm going to ask myself the same question because I've had multiple burnouts. Mm -hmm. Right. And I thought about what it was that they taught me and dared me to take action on. And mine is that no matter how hard I tried or how vigilant I was in trying to perform Mm -hmm. in a way that garnered me the respect and the adulation of those around me, it couldn't give me what I so deeply longed for. And that was love. Mm. I felt like I wasn't enough. Oh, my. Nothing could compensate for my incompetence when it came to relationships. And that that for me was the driving force behind all this work, all this people pleasing, Mm. trying to get love. That was it. And my soul ached for love. And so 
what that was the truth and 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 it dared me to dig deeper yes to look broader to stop looking at somebody else to validate me yes the question is why am i enough mm. that's the question that always comes up and if i can answer that question for myself yeah then i won't need anybody else to do it but as long as i kept looking at men to do it I was stuck in perpetual burnout. Yes. Working so hard to try to earn something that they could never give me. Yes, ma'am. And that's why I call it cycles of burnout. Because we might be okay right now. Doing well, got some things in order, feeling good. But those of us who serve from the heart, those of us who are nurturers, who are givers, who are protectors, we are prone to cycles of burnout. So we get to a good place. We're holding on. Everything's okay. And before we know it, we find ourselves slipping back into, you just said, performance. And it is so true. We find ourselves putting on this mask and we want to live up to work up to perform up to these standards. Who knows where these standards came from in an effort to get people to love us, to notice us, to not leave us, to stay with us, to care for us, to acknowledge us, to value us. And what we have to learn is the performance is never enough because it's not the performance that we need. People need the authentic you. They need the gift that God put on the inside of you that you do without hard work. That thing that you are born to do and nobody else can do it like you. And when we start living in that, then we can let go of the weight of the performance. It is tiring. Isn't it tiring? It It is is exhausting. It's exhausting. It's exhausting and it wears you out to keep up the constant performance, the work that we think it takes to be loved and accepted. And I, you know, I was thinking too, where it comes from, because we're not born this way. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Somehow or another, we got socialized or the people around us modeled it to the point that we adopted it as truth. Yes. They wrote on the tablet of what made us enough. Yes. I, I remember when I was young, and I, I, I can't remember exact the exact time, but it was when I was school age. When I was school age and before before desegregation and everybody was uh, all, all black people went to the, to the black school. Mm-hmm. My mama didn't have this conversation with me. It was only when there was desegregation. And I was one of just a handful of black boys and girls that were going to a previously predominantly white school. Yeah. I want to say predominantly. It was all white. Mm -hmm. And I remember my mom saying to me, you have to work 10 times as hard to get what they have. Yes. What she actually said, if I recall, was you have to work 10 times as hard to get what they have without even having to work for it. Yes. I think that started that hamster wheel of thinking I wasn't enough 
in and of myself. Yes. No matter how gifted, no matter how talented, no matter how uh, friendly, no matter what kind of person I was on the inside, it wasn't going to matter if I did not compete. Yes. And I had to compete for what they had. They came about so easily just because of the color of my skin. Yeah. And so that followed me. And I started realizing that when I performed well, I got A's on the school test. I got trophies Mm -hmm. for the 50-yard dash. Yes. You know, so there were rewards that came when you quote unquote perform well, but here's the, here's the rub. If you, if you have any sense of purpose at all, yes, something's going to happen in your life. That's going to call into question. You're performing based on their, their uh, boxed ideal of how you should be. Yes. Your authenticity is going to always go, mm, 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 that don't fit, that, that I don't fit in that box. And if all you've ever measured yourself by is how your work that you do, then it puts you in a real existential crisis. Oh, truth, truth. Where do you go if all you've ever known, all you've ever been judged by has been what you do? And mm. how well you do it is determined yes. by that per- other person, not by you. Then you are like a performing seal. Yes. Yes. Because the target continues to move. So what's good yes. enough continues to change. Every time you make one marker, you get one accolade, you get one award, then it's time for the next. We're always taught to climb this ladder, to keep moving, to keep progressing, to keep pushing, to keep going for the next thing. So if, if we don't know on the inside that thing, that target, that mark, we're pressing towards the mark, but my mark is not your mark. And it's not determined by the people around me, but it's determined by the one who created me. See, for me, this um, this chase to be known and to be loved and to be accepted comes from my childhood as well. I am the baby of a 15-year-old mother. And when my father found out uh, that my mom was pregnant, my understanding was that he was out. He was not in the picture. Um, he went about, he he joined the army. He had a family. They lived in many different places around the world. And I was with my mom and eventually my stepdad came along. But my entire childhood, I felt like I needed to accomplish something in order to be loved. I needed to do well. I needed to get AIDS. I needed to get scholarships. I needed to be recognized in school. I needed to get the best job. I needed to get the best degree in order to be loved. I was on this constant chase of being loved and being acknowledged to say, I am enough. Mm -hmm. To to step out of this, you're the baby of a 15-year-old. And to be somebody that was loved and appreciated. I, did, I didn't want anybody else to step out of my life and to walk away from me. Yeah. So I did all the things. 
I accepted all the extra assignments at work. I took care of everybody in my life. I'm always the shoulder to cry on. Whatever somebody needed, I was there. I tried to be everything to everybody so that I could earn their love. Mm -hmm. I was working to earn their love. And Suzette, I was rewarded. I was rewarded. I got the corner office. I got the parking spot with my name on it. I got the staff. I got the title. And it almost killed me. Over the years, I gained over 100 pounds. I lost family relationships. I worked myself to complete exhaustion. I remember sitting at my desk one day feeling trapped like I could not leave because if I opened that door, there was going to be somebody in the hallway who needed me. In that moment, I thought I was losing my mind. Mm. The next day, this was after 20 years of work. The next day I walked in and I resigned from my six figure job with no notice and no other prospect for income. And for the next five months, God allowed me to sit quietly. All I did was sit at Jesus' feet. I loved on my husband and I was still. And I recognized that that was the first time in my life that I had ever stopped. It was Mm -hmm. the first time that I ever stopped to hear my own thoughts. It was the first time I ever stopped to discover who I am and what I like and what works for me. It was the first time in my life that I wasn't focused on being something to somebody else. And it was the best five months, the best gift that I could have been ever given. Mm. Best gift I could have been given. You mentioned about sitting at Jesus's feet Mm -hmm. because we're both women of faith. Yes, ma'am. And even listeners, if you're not, if you don't subscribe to the same faith base, I still believe this will be very helpful to you. The tenets of our faith as Christians is that Jesus died so we could be restored to right relationship with God. But my experience in organized church world, however, because I grew up in a holiness, kind of Pentecostal holiness back then. So did I. And even though that was the tenet of our faith, the actual living it out was we had to earn God's love for us. So here we are on that hamster wheel again, again. trying to perform and earn love for a God that had already created a pathway back, already figured it out. Yeah. Already decided Jesus was the way. Yes. Receive that redemptive work. He died for your sins. You don't have to deal with it. He died. You don't have to offer sacrifices no more. You don't have to you know, have the doves and the and the and the lambs and the sacrifices. You don't even have to go to a priest no more hmm. to talk to me for you. Yeah. He has cleared the way. I have I have absolved you of your guilt. We are back in right standing. We good. 
Yes. You don't owe me nothing else. But but, but we can't receive that. It's too easy. Mm. And we've taken it upon ourselves based on our culture, based on our past, I think with suppression, slavery, being oppressed people. And I think we have in many ways perverted the very tenant that we claim we serve. Because how in the world can we ever be good enough? How right. can we ever earn grace? How can we ever do it? But yet you and I know it. The biggest recovery for me was trying to earn God's love for me. Come on. Come I, on. By trying to live up to something I kept failing at terribly. Terribly. Terribly, I kept failing. I kept failing. And because I kept failing, I felt like I wasn't worthy enough. I felt like I wasn't good enough. I felt like I had to always come in and well, God, I know what your your word says, and I know I'm I'm a, I'm I'm I'm, I'm, a, I'm terrible. And they had to come to the altar almost every Sunday, have hands laid on me almost every Sunday. I had to 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 pray and 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 plead and 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 beg and be- every Sunday. I was told how terrible I was, how awful I was, how I didn't deserve God's grace, how I didn't deserve his mercy. And I cry out on the altar, please forgive me such a wretched person. I know I did this wrong and I know I did that wrong. And and if you just purge me, if you just help me, if you just, oh, just get this devil off my back, if you just please. And I spent so much of my life missing out Mm. on the love God had for me because I was trying so hard to earn it, trying to earn that God didn't make a mistake on me. I wonder, I wonder how much of it is us trying to earn something we've already been given. Freely. Freely. Freely given. Freely given. You just said something that triggered something for me. You said trying to prove that God didn't make a mistake. And that's what my struggle was. I was trying to prove that I was not a mistake. I was not a mess up. I was not a mistake, but I have value and I have purpose and I have work to do here. And one of the things I learned in those five months of sitting is there's already been a savior and he did a perfect job. I am not the savior. I am not the rescue person. I am not the person that comes and just takes you out of your trouble and makes it all okay. There is assignment on my life. I am used by God before his glory. I do the part that he has assigned my hands to do and I leave the rest to him. What freedom, what freedom freedom when we recognize that we are enough just because we exist. That's it. Just because you breathe. Just because you're here. We're his answer. We're his answer. We are his answer. And that gives us the security and the power 
to exist in this world in the way that he called us to exist Mm -hmm. and to make the impact that we are called to make because we are his answer. We're his answer. No more. Yes. The reason we're on the hamster wheel is because we don't believe we're enough. And it's time for all of us to start living in freedom and be who we were called to be. The world is waiting for us to show up as us, for us to show up in all of our gift and all of our power. And there's so much freedom. I'm learning. I'm learning, sister. I'm learning how to live in grace and ease. I've got a sticky note on my computer right now. It says do less Mm. because I'm a performer and I tend to busy. My natural mode is to be in busy, in modes of busy, because I'm used to performance. But I find that busy leads to burnout, but productivity leads to purpose. So I have to continually renew my mind so that I can escape the traps of busy and focus on productivity. If it's not producing purpose, I don't want nothing to do with it. If there is not a purpose outcome for me, for it, it does not have room in my life. So I am, I am separating myself from that busy, the, the traps of busy, and I'm refocusing on what is purpose. I'm producing purpose, producing purpose. And it has been the hardest lesson for me to learn. Producing purpose means me doing less. Mm. So, okay. Okay. Yes. How do we know? When we're about to go back into that cycle yes. that leads to burnout. Yes. How yes. do how do we course correct? So I'm glad you asked that question because one of the biggest struggles we have is even recognizing. We fail to recognize that we're headed towards burnout. Mm-hmm. We continue, oh, I got it. I can handle it. I'm fine. How are you? I'm fine. When really internally, we're not. So yes, we've got to recognize when we're headed into the cycle. And the way that I encourage people to do that is all of us have a tail. Let me tell you what I mean by a tail. All of us have a sign or a symptom that comes up in our body. Our body tells us, our spirit tells us, but the challenge is we're so stuck and busy that we're not listening. So let me give you an example. I have three tails and I know myself when these three things come up, I need to stop. So the first thing that happens for me is I get really emotional. It's easy for me to cry. And I'm an emotional person anyway. I will cry with you. You hear me? I don't mind. I don't mind crying with you. But I notice, I know that when I'm starting to get overwhelmed, because before you go to burnout, you're in a stage of overwhelm. And when overwhelm starts to rise, I get super emotional. It doesn't take much to get tears welling up in my eyes. So that's tell number one. Tell number two is my space. So you and I have a coach in common, Patrice Cunningham, Washington from Redefining Well. She is phenomenal. And one of her pillars is the space pillar. Yeah. And I notice when overwhelm is starting to take over, I get little stacks everywhere. Mm-hmm. And and in my normal, I like clean, I like crisp, I like clear space. But when overwhelm is starting to rise up, I just get all these little stacks around me, and my space starts to it starts to fill up. That's my tell number two. My tell number three is I always have a song. 
I always have a song. I have a song that I might hold on to for a month, or sometimes it's a couple of songs that replay. Because I'm a worshiper, I always have a song. I wake up in the morning with a song, and when I don't have my song, I know I need to stop. When I recognize, wait a minute, I haven't had a song for a couple of days, or there's no song playing in my spirit right now. That's my sign. Okay, PBJ, have a seat. Mm. Patrice, sit down. You need to pause. You need to stop. So what is your tell? What is your symptom? What is your personal sign? Nobody else might know about it. But every single one of us, our spirit and our body will tell us when overwhelm is starting to take over. You are right, because that's one of my tells, too. Mm. I can always tell by the way my house is. Come on. If I'm overwhelmed, then you got the cup here, the salsa there. You're eating while you're working. So that Mm. means your area is getting cluttered. I'll get so absorbed in chasing that. um, If I just do this one thing, I'll be done. Come on. It's like, okay, it's about time for me to go to bed. Let me just take one quick look before (laughs) I get ready to go. I look. And I see a mistake and I say, okay, I'm just going to correct this one mistake. Then I'm going to bed. I say, honey, the, I, I, no, I'm not going to be up late tonight. I'll be coming. I'll, don't, don't worry about it. I'm coming. Click, 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 click. Uh-huh. Okay. I correct that mistake. I look back at it. Okay. Let me give one more quick look. Then I'm going to bed. Look again. There's another mistake. Mm. Man, why didn't I see that? Okay, I'm just going to do this one thing. It ain't going to take about five minutes because it's not a big thing. So you start doing it. Start doing it. Let me read this content that I corrected. It should be all right. You read it. Mm, That might be a little misleading. Maybe I need to put that word in. By the time I get through chasing that one mistake that keeps coming up, it's two in the morning. Yes. Three in the morning. Or I've skipped a meal. Or I've, you know, it's like where it, whenever that happens, I'm chasing that just this one thing. Let me just do this one thing and then I'm done. Yeah. And it's and it 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 always draws me in. And by the time it's over, I've I've lost integrity. Come on. With that part of me. Right. And the more times you lose integrity with yourself, Mm -hmm. the easier it is to slip into that cycle of burnout. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. And I have to be very careful and say, Suzette, tomorrow's another day. The best thing for you to do is write down tomorrow. I will correct this right here, right here. Shut it down and go to bed. Because I think it's only going to take a minute. Girl, that one minute. Turns into hours. Hours. And next thing you know, what you were intending to do or what time you were intending to go to bed. Now it's three in the morning or all night. The next day you're tired, you're fatigued. You're not at your best. Mm. And that you're already compromised. Compromised. And, And for me, when I feel, when I feel compromised, that leads to the dark side. You're right. You're right on it. 
after a while, it ceases to be fun. Now it's the anxiety of wanting to get it done now. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm ready to get it done. I'm ready to get it off my plate. Mm-hmm. And that always. You're well on me. your way. I'm You're on well on your way to burnout. You're well burnout. on your way to burnout. And if you notice, if you notice every time we hit burnout, the first things that it cost us are the things that mean the most to us. Those are the first things to go. So I always tell people, what are your values? Because it starts with your values before you can figure out how to disrupt burnout, how to break the cycle. You got to recognize what's important to you, what matters to you. And I have noticed in my life that when I hit cycles of burnout, that anxious working like you're talking about, that toiling, that striving, the first things I start to lose are things that are healthy. So health, sleep, eating, exercising, sunlight. At first, first thing is health. The next thing is relationships. So my marriage, my husband doesn't see me or if he sees me, I'm always on for, in front of the computer. No time to engage, no time to have a conversation because I'm constantly, constantly working. And for me, another value is faith. So when I get into that anxious working and when I get into a cycle of burnout, my prayer life is raggedy. I'm not reading like I should. I'm not meditating and spending that quiet time. Burnout will always cost you what matters most to you. Mm-hmm. It will always cost you what matters most to you. So mm-hmm. that's why we have to one recognize what those values are. What is important to you? What are your non-negotiables? What are those things that you're not willing to compromise, you're not re- willing to spend and you're not willing to lose. And after you have identified what those values are, then you can structure your time, your talent and your boundaries around those values. And Make sure that you have a sure line. I always say that your values are like the cities of an or, or the walls of an ancient city. You know, you didn't just roll up to an ancient city and say, hey, I came to see how y'all doing. You didn't just come with your bags packed saying, I just came to see my cousin. You're not coming up in here like that. When you went to visit an ancient city, there was a stone wall several feet high and there was always a watchman on that wall and you were not getting in unless you went through the watchman and the watchman gave you access or you took over the city or the the watchman gave you access to the city our values are the same way that's where our boundaries come from you can't make a boundary until you know what's important to you yes and if you don't know that you are important come on Because we think the work is more important than the worker. We think the human doing is more important than the human being. But the human being is the person behind that black curtain. Like in the Wizard of Oz, where the wizard is back there manipulating the the, the knobs. The wizard is the brilliance behind the bobblehead. Oh, that's so good. Right. And so, but we think just like he did, he thought he wasn't enough. So he had to create a persona that he felt like people would respect. Right. So can we talk about guilt for a minute? Let's talk about guilt. We need to talk about guilt because we need to talk about mom guilt. Yes. Talk about female leader guilt and not just for women. Men experience the same thing, but- we really need to talk about guilt because we 
feel so much guilt for taking care of ourselves. At some point, we were taught that it's selfish to to prioritize me. But really, in order to be productive and be everything we need to be to everybody, we need to learn how to choose the priority of the moment. And it is not selfish to choose the priority of the moment. It's not selfish to put your oxygen mask on first. How are you going to help somebody else when you can't breathe? You can't breathe. It's wisdom. It is wisdom. It sustains you to restore your energy. If you're constantly giving, 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 just like your bank account, you keep spending and don't put anything in, you're going to get some insufficient funds. Mm -hmm. At some point, you will have to stop. And that's what burnout does. It's a demand for you to stop. You can choose to stop or your body will demand for you to stop. So you choose which avenue you want, but guilt is unproductive. You have permission to take care of yourself, not just permission, but you are encouraged to take care of yourself. It is wisdom. We're doing this for the long haul. And in order to keep serving in the way that we serve, we have to restore our bodies, restore our minds, restore our spirits so that we can continue to give to those we love and those we serve. Mm -mm -mm. Dr. PBJ is in the house. It's the truth. (laughs) It's the truth. Oh, my God. I love that. what, What is it that you want people to walk away? I I love that finding out what your tail is, recognizing what you need. So as you identify your tail, your symptoms, your signs, that overwhelm is starting to take over. Write down also, what do I need? And I want you to be very self-focused here. I want you to lay aside every other role that you have and every other hat that you wear. Lay it down just for a moment just for a moment, because so often we expect others to advocate for us. We expect somebody else to show up for us. We expect them to see that we're struggling, to see that we are hurting. I want to empower you to know what you need so that you can articulate it to those who need to hear it. So identify your tale and write down what you need in order to be successful in carrying out the work that's in your hands. Whether that's a little bit more help at home, or if you need a tool or a system to help you at work, or if you need to delegate a little bit more, if you need to tell the truth to yourself or get somebody to support you like a counselor, whatever you need, identify that and then be courageous enough to step out there and go get it. We want you to win. We want you to serve well, and we want you to know that you are enough. So you got to take care of yourself. Let's start taking care of ourselves. Let's start taking care of ourselves. You have just listened to the Enough Factor Podcast with your host, Suzette Dernard. To get notified of new episodes or to dig deeper into today's topic, Become a subscriber, and while you're at it, tell us how we're doing and what topics you're interested in. We appreciate your feedback and your reviews. Until next time, remember, you are worthy, you are worth it, you are enough.
amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.